Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League podcast. We're a day later than our usual slot, but hopefully this week's show will be worth the wait. I'm John Phipps, the reason why we're a day later than we'd like to be, and probably will be next week too. And on the line now is a man who keeps his Wednesday lunchtimes free for me, just to leave him hanging. Mr Matt Gerrard, how are you Matt? Yeah, not too bad. I actually, in my lunchtime yesterday on the Wednesday, I watched the Vanarama National League highlight show. Probably for the first time in weeks, because actually... Something I could smile about. So that's what I did yesterday. Uh, so, well, we obviously we'll be talking about uh, about Dover and, and their win uh, later on in the show. But we've we've got quite a busy show. But you know, ha- how's life in general, Matt? I'm full of aches and pains. I fell down the stairs at the weekend, not being drunk, just going downstairs to get a glass of water, um, and I fell down the stairs. You know, when you go down the stairs and you go boom, 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 all the way to the bottom. My wife thought I died, so that was one of those things. So, basically, aches and pains. My knee's still not good. In life in general, I'm living the dream, you know, as you are my age, but my body started to ache a little bit, so I don't know if that's just remnants of a bit of a cold, which I have got a bit of a cold as well, but yeah. Apart from that, yeah, apart from me body falling apart, I'm living the dream, as always, so that's the part from that. And a quick shout-out, when me and, Dave, me and John went to Dave Gorman a couple of weeks ago, and I got a lift home from uh, Pete, or Pete's wife Sharon, who I know, and he listens to the podcast, and I said I'd give him a shout-out. And we didn't do it last week because it was a rubbish show. So hopefully the people who were first-time listeners last week did come back. So shout-out to Pete. And he does go and watch Ramsgate. So up the gate, Ramsgate, rather than Margate. Point. I think, I think you've got that wrong. It's the Rams. They are the Rams, not, not oh, so, the right, right, up the right, up the Ramsgate. Right, so yes, up the Rams rather than Gate. Yeah, yeah. But cheers for the lift, Pete. Yeah, and that, and that Dave Gorman show was absolutely magnificent. And, and Matt, that giraffe joke, okay, is fantastic, isn't it? Oh, unbelievable. I, I, I just, I keep sort of um, uh, mentioning it to the kids and they just keep cracking up every time I mention it to them. Absolutely superb. Yeah, well, you may have seen uh, on social media in the week, I did announce um, the reason why things have been a little bit all over the place in the last couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, in a couple of weeks' time, I'm leaving the fair county of Kent um, but I'm only just nipping over the border to go down to East Sussex um, where I will be be a journalist podcaster uh, radio person bed and breakfast owner um, not something I was expecting this time last year but I'm, I'm really looking forward to your new Twitter bio then will it be? sorry? will that be your new Twitter bio? you probably want to change the words around because it didn't really flow off the tongue yeah, I, I, I will be putting that on there somewhere, I suppose. I've got to do all that stuff as well, setting up Twitter accounts and, and Facebook pages and things like that. So I'm going to be quite a busy boy, but the Kent Only podcast will remain in my heart, you'll be pleased to know. Yeah, yeah, it is in my heart. Cause we, we, yeah, if you listened last week, it wasn't good, but we're back on back on form on episode 57, isn't it? It is our 57th episode, and 57 is a bit of a lucky number for me for, for several reasons, so I'm going to go through them, Matt. Um, my dad was born in 1957. And as I've mentioned before, my favourite band, Biffy Clara, have a song on their debut album, which is called 57. In fact, that was the song that really got me into them in the first place when I saw them live. That then meant when I had to pick numbers for a couple of things, including my shirt number at my cricket team, I went for 57. So, by rights, I should really enjoy this week's show. Well, 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 well your t- cricket team has got shirt numbers on. Oh, yeah. Game's gone, mate. Game's gone. Are you playing shirt numbers with the... Uh... Sunday League. I think the thing was when we got our new kits, we, we've got kits, we've got sponsored kits. We're sponsored by um, a funeral directors as well, just for uh, <laughs> added hilarity. Um, but the the option was there, and it was free to have names and numbers on the back of the shirt. So we just said, well, well why not? So we got the names and the numbers, and that's that. Well, saying that for the cricket team, I who've now we think folded after 140 years, 
Auckland Cricket Club. We did an Arsh We had a sponsor as well. It was the uh, people who made channeled holes in the channel tunnel, the channel group. And uh, we did actually have underneath our the badge our name and the year we made the debut as well. So we so I couldn't really criticise that. But I, num- we didn't have numbers, but so you had the the name and the year you made your debut. What? But the club's now but back on bus, not bus, but nobody nobody wants to play cricket anymore. <laughs> if you did have a cricket squad number on the spot, what number would you go for? Uh it'd always be uh, seven or twenty seven would be always my numbers. Oh, it's his birthday, you see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and before we get into the podcast proper, any uh, TV you want to talk about very quickly? Uh, I've been kind of better. It's been bugger all on the telly, but I did start watching uh, the Little Drummer Girl on BBC iPlayer. Very impressed with that one. The seventies spy John Le Carre, uh thing. I was impressed with that. But it again, uh, I think did I mention Strangers last week? Well, I finally watched that one in Hong Kong with John Sim and my favourite. Um, forgot her name now. Must love her. <laughs> Sorry? You must love her if you've forgotten her name. No, no, oh, no. She does um, Waking the Dead. She is my favourite. Oh, I can't remember her name now. But, but what's strange with John Sim and her eight weeks, of, eight hours of my life gone, absolute drivel. So I think somebody could recommend that, but it was absolutely terrible. But if you've got any more, um, no, yeah, apart from Dribble Drummer Girl, I'm still waiting for Luther, but that, that's about it now. But no, Little Drummer Girl, I'm really impressed. But if you've got any other programmes, please let us know. At what we should watch, but if you're going to watch Strangers, don't bother. And obviously, just for just for me, I know Matt's a massive fan of it. Um, it was the last ever episode of Big Brother on Monday night, so uh, did watch that. Um, you know, you see, I, I, I know it's got its detractors. I know obviously it's not got as many viewers as it used to have, but for me, it was quite a a, a, a moment really when it ended because I've I've been watching that program since I was like 18 years old, and for it to now be over is is a Did little they bit bring of a Matt Craig the Builder to wave to the fans. Sorry. They bring back Craig the Builder. He won the first one to wave to the fans. No, he was, but he was on Lorraine on Tuesday morning discussing the end of Big Brother. So he's still he's What's still he getting like something out of it. It's exactly the same, is he? Yeah, still yeah. scouts. <laughs> yeah, alright, alright. Yeah. Anyway, later in the show, we'll be hearing from VCD Athletic Manager Keith McMahon. But it has to be said that he's gone down a notch on the running order after surprise news that his namesake, Daryl, has left Epsilon United by mutual consent. Um, I was actually on a plane when that news broke, and it was a bit of a surprise to me, especially coming just a few days before Fleet's FA Cup clash with Cheltenham Town, and after a league win at Stonebridge Road on Saturday when Danny Kebwell's goal sank Barrow 1-0. Gary Hill has been appointed, the former Woking manager. Um, what do you make of it all, Matt? Um, it's a strange... Well, we all know um, that thing has got apparently got rid of four players. And maybe that Dale McMahon, no players have gone. Cheek wasn't playing the last FA Cup game, was he? Because there's a bid came in. Um, but nothing's gone through there. I'm only thinking that Dale McMahon, he's been quite outspoken in the press of what's gone on to the club. I think he's handled himself pretty well in difficult um, situation that seems to have gone on for the last six months or so. Maybe he wasn't doing what the, the board wanted. And Gary Hill, 59 year old manager, you've gone from one extreme to the other um, from that point of view. Uh, hasn't managed for 18 months, but did a decent job at Woking in the National League. Loves his, likes this level, knows his level. Normally he likes clubs with a bit of money and clearly absolutely haven't got one of that. But maybe his job is to sort of um, get rid of some of the players and bring in players at a cheaper level, um, cheaper wage to bring them on. I'm quite surprised they've gone with Gary Hill. I thought if McMahon was going, he must have been on a decent um wage, I would have thought, giving him a five-year contract. I know mean, just as if he 
got four years out of that paid up, so he should be okay for a while. We need to work for a while, but it seems a strange one. I thought they would have gone internally, maybe to Danny Kedwell or somebody like that, because they wouldn't need to put out another wage. So it seems strange, but Gary Hill, um, I know some of the Epsilon fans aren't particularly happy with it because they say he's gone from one extreme to the other, and he is known as a no nonsense, no football inside as well. So yeah. I'm surprised, but maybe it was right on the cards. McMahon didn't get rid of the amount of players they needed, and maybe the, the owner said, right, let's uh, get something less linked to these players to maybe sort them out. Yeah, the Epsilon United chairman, Dr. Abdullah Al-Humadi, has told the Epsilon's official website, um, we have moved quickly to a point Gary has a proven track record in almost 30 years of management. And his exceptional experience was what stood out for us when considering who to entrust with the next steps forward for this club. I am delighted Gary was on board and I hope all Fleet fans will rally behind the club and the manager as we seek to climb back up the table. Um, Gary Hill did add, I am delighted and honoured to be given this opportunity at such a club. I've managed against the Fleet at pretty much every club I've been with. They've always been tough games. I know the expectation, the history here. I'm really looking forward to the challenge ahead and getting going in the National League again. It's a capable squad here at Ebbsfleet. I'll be meeting and speaking to the players. Um, we'll get straight down to business. And with an important FA Cup tie coming up this Saturday, it's vital that we all hit the ground running. I can't wait to get going. This is a fantastic football club. And the hard work starts now. And I think one point that you did make there, Matt, about Darren McMahon is when you've bought, had these players with you for so long and some of them are his former teammates... Is it hard for him to say to players, actually, I don't want you anymore, I don't need you anymore, it's time for you to move on? Well, I think that was probably out of his hands anyway. I think um, he's done a good job over the last something by keeping the same amount of players, you know, the, you know, quite a core from the side that were promoted into this league is still the club, you know, the Winfields and uh, Magries have come into there. But it's interesting, the players that he's brought in in the summer, the likes of Jack King and Michael Cheeky, who mentioned before, haven't really been playing that much. So, Again, maybe he thought, you know, I've brought these players in at a decent wage. We all know they play some decent money at Epsley. And maybe he thought, you know, I've brought them in. I don't want to, they're, they're my players. I want to keep them there. And that's what maybe could be his downfall, that he hasn't got rid of these players or maybe he's too close to the players to get rid of them. Um, I think he's done a half-decent job. But no, again, it all comes down, you know, football comes down to money. And if you look at the budget they've got, they'll be top five in this division, or they were at the start of the season. Now it's all gone a little bit wrong for the monetary-wise. They need to be players in. It'll be interesting to see what Gary Hill out of the game for 18 months. Some people say, oh, what's he been doing? But I think when he was at, um, before he went to Woking, he was out of it for a couple of years as well. So, and I know he's been watching games. We've seen him at a couple of games at Dover when Chris Kinnear was on the brink. There was rumours that Gary Hill could come in there and he has been linked to numerous jobs. So, uh, he's a he's a motivator. Uh, he knows this level of football. I know he knows his players. It'll be interesting over the next two to three weeks uh, for Epsley, um how that where the players go from here. But I'm sure he'll be looking to bring his own players in. Also, the backroom staff as well. He used to work heavily with them um, uh, uh, at Woking with the guy there. I'm trying to think of his name now. Um, he's been there a long time. The Woking's Thompson, I think it might be. So he was working with him. But of course, Epsley did have big staff and now they've got the likes of Aaron McLean and Stacey Long there will they be part of the plans interesting times to be a sleep fan I suppose one of the things for the FA Cup on Saturday 36,000 pounds coming really really handy for them to keep some of the players they may have to get rid of or even to strengthen the squad because I'm sure Gary Hill one of the things he'll go in there says yeah I want to bring uh, my own players in and I need X amount of money to do that but then I suppose on the flip side of that you might say that um, I mean, obviously, the difficult they've got. The difficult they've got is they are going to have to ship some players out. But the, is there a possibility that Gary Hill will be able to get players to come in 
on less money. And, and maybe the Ebbs fleet have looked at it and thought that perhaps with a smaller budget, Gary Hill's probably a wiser option than Daryl McMahon. Yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Um, Woking's budget was cut in his final season there, wasn't it? And he, he kept them up on the final game of the season. And, um, he knows players. John Goddard comes to mind. He's on loan at Bromley at the moment. Um, one of the players they might look to bring in. Um, yeah, it's just interesting times to see what they can do now. And again, we said before, some of our sides may be sniffing around Epsi players. I would have thought Gary Hill going in. The sniffing's got a little bit more um, as well. I would have thought some of the bigger name players may be leaving that club. I thought Gary Hill would bring in. And maybe Epsi are going down the market. Right. But rather than buying players in, I think, we're going to look at the model of getting players in and sending them on for money, make them um, self-sufficient as well. Some of the other clubs have done that uh, in our area. Maybe that's the model they're going down with now, and maybe more younger, hungrier players. And that game with Cheltenham Town on Saturday in the FA Cup, it's a real opportunity for Ebbsfleet, I think, because Cheltenham are in stinking form. They can't seem to buy a win. They've, they've struggled in the FA Cup lately. They've lost to Maidstone. They've lost to Dover recently. And Ebbsfleet, I think even with the change of manager, that they've got to be confident they can make it a hat-trick of Kent clubs to beat the Robins. I think they've got a very good chance, yeah. Um, Cheltenham is one of these sides they changed the manager and it seems to go... Uh, Gary Johnson came in, he went at the start of the season. Michael Duff, a bit of a club legend, come in. Game, well, I always remember when Dover went down to um, Cheltenham. It's all to do with they were absolutely gutted because they missed out on the money. Cheltenham, all they were worried about was the money getting through. And so I think um, it's a free hit for them. If Cheltenham win, everybody will say, all oh, right, it's been... Uh, disappointment of the club but there's no reason why they can't beat Cheltenham at all I don't think uh, in that competition um, okay £36,000 will come well and also put down a marker and some of these players will say to it right I've got Gary here let's prove what we can do they don't come bad players over overnight maybe the off-field problems have affected them a little bit more but now they maybe know right Gary Hill's in the manager at least to the end of the season I would have thought let's see what we can do A put myself in the shop window or B show to him I want to play for this football club Yes, it was the rarest of things last weekend as well, Matt, because all four of our National League teams were victorious. Um, I can't repeat the words I was sent at full-time on Saturday, but I take it you were massively relieved for Dover to get all three points against Maidenhead on Saturday, Matthew. Yes, I was absolutely... And performance, John, that was half the bat. We actually played quite well, I thought. Um, of course, Maidenhead could see the 13 in two games, so they were hardly uh, pulling up trees form-wise, but we, we looked uh, quick, sharp... Um, Delkey had a good game for, uh, for for Maidenhead, but we, we took our chances. A couple of well, set-piece, Locker headed in, and then a good goal from Joe Reason. So, yeah, it was really important. We couldn't afford to lose the game. And now, it's a shame the FA Cup's coming, really, because we could do with some carrying on the, 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 you know, the impetus in the league form. A clean sheet, three points, a well-deserved three points, and a decent performance made um, yeah, make my evening quite happy. When I got home and said it, but my daughter knew we'd won. She, she realised they finally won that and that really shuts it up. So, uh, do you think Maidenhead are, are a poor side or did Dover just... Was it the best Dover performance you've seen this season? Oh, by a country mile, yeah. First half, we were, you know, we were dominant. Just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. And I still think we need another striker to do that because the ball's flashing across the penalty area on a couple of occasions. And now when you've got Fox in the box, you can put the ball in. Yeah, that, that was the pleasing thing. And it, again, we're in... Still in absolute mire because uh, other sides won, which is, you know, and I looked at anything, you know, it, it was a good day for us. And then you think, oh, bugger, but everybody else has won. But I've got to look, all Dover fans have got to look at it. Right, all we've got to worry about is ourselves. Don't even look at the other scores. If we do our performances, we're doing our bit. You can't rely on everybody else to, to muck up. But they've got some big games coming up and winnable games as well, I think. So, um, 
yeah, everybody was happy. Everybody went home with a smile on the face in Bradford, and that's what we needed for a while. And is it is Hessenthaler starting to get his way in? Is 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 the style of football different from how it was under Chris Kinnear? Um, yeah, it's more bringing up from back three at the back. We went to at the weekend as well, um, which has been the standard. And maybe with the two fullbacks we've got, I think that's probably the way to go. Pasley doesn't look too sharp in a in a in a back four. And maybe the players have got Adabawali. I thought there'd be more chance of me playing than Adabawali. He's been there eighteen months, never had a sniff at the first team. Came in and did pretty well. Yeah, so I think. Yeah, they still need a couple of additions. Bobby Joe Taylor's come in and done pretty well, to be honest. I haven't been the biggest fan of Bobby Joe Taylor, but he played quite central. And what he's got, he's got the ability to pick the ball up in his own half and run past players, which we haven't had for a long time. So that adds a, a different uh, aspect to the game. Um, yeah, and Lewis has come in and done really well with Brundle. So, yeah, opt- optimism. You know, the thing is, we're always, when we lose a game, we're always going to be playing catch-up so that's the problem when we're still six points inside the drop zone but um, yeah optimism you know if we can get back-to-back league wins you know we're not going to lead this week I can just bring something up and some, some big games coming up but yeah but so far so good but everybody was pleased and the performance that's the most important because really performances this season have been absolutely pathetic so uh, that was a lot better it just goes to show that a week is a long time in football because uh, I have in front of me a message sent by Matt to me on the 31st of October, just after they defeated Dagenham, which says they need an organiser at the back, a creative spark in midfield, somebody who can hold the ball up in attack, and a fox in the box goal scorer, and also a miracle. Now, I'd say you sound somewhat more positive than that now. Yeah, well, yeah, again, if we. Again, if we had. Um, lost on Saturday but with the performances there you think oh it's getting there that, that's what my concern was normally the season we've been pretty terrible but you played well in a few games you think oh we'll pick up points but there hasn't been any so the performance came and now hopefully the, the wins will became yeah but after Dagenham it was doom and gloom because everybody said oh we played well I didn't think we played particularly well against Dagenham and, you know they were at arm's length so uh, yeah I, I'm a little bit actually what's what a win does for you to be honest and, and the FA Cup this weekend, you know, I'm not going to bury, but if we lost and then beat Halifax the following week, I'd take your hand, which is, you know, this is the position we're in at the moment. Yeah, Maidstone were 2-0 winners over Barnet, thanks to goals from Blair Turger and Gold Amateo. While Bromley hit four as they swatted Hartlepool aside, two goals for Frankie Sutherland in that one, with Omar Bugle and George Porter also on target. The results set all three of those teams up for their FA Cup fixtures. As we've already heard, Dover are away to Bury, Maidstone are at home to Macclesfield, and Bromley have the pick of them all as they host Peterborough United. Tough ties, all of those, Matt, but there's no reason why two, three of those teams can't be in the hat come Monday night. Yeah, I'm going to the Maystone game. So, Maystone, I guess, Macclesfield aren't burning up any trees this season. Um, pretty poor. Um, maybe they've you know, realised that, you know, when they got promoted, they played some good football, lost the best midfielder, the manager went, and now it's not really working out for them, and they've got the veteran as the manager. So, Maystone, with the fans behind them, you know, arguably on paper, they, they have the harder tie in the fourth quarter for round when they got Blake Norrie now, because I didn't give them a prayer in that, but they did then. There's no reason why they can't beat Macclesfield. Yeah, Macclesfield's um, on their bellies a little bit. One win all season, got top four one at home. Maystone looking good. I like Maystone. You look at it, they've got Turgut, who's a goal scorer. They don't concede many goals as well. He seems to have sorted the, the back line out. Not prolific goal scorers for Maystone, but you know, there's not many goals in their game. So defensively, they're sort of, And Glassman's come in, and he's a solid goalkeeper at that level. So I think he's doing a good job, uh, Harry Wigger there. And I would say... Maystone would be favourites to beat Macclesfield in the, in the what you could say could have been the, 
the Jason one was Derby, of course. Well, indeed. Um, Bromley against Peterborough. I'm still staggered that's not been selected for television coverage uh, over the weekend in any way, shape or form. But um, Neil Smith, obviously friend of the show. It's a, it's a free hit, isn't it? There's nothing for them to fear. And I guess, you know, Peterborough are a very good side. They're very good away from home. So it is going to be really, really tough for Bromley. But 3G pitch, they were in good form. Anything can happen in the FA Cup. Yeah, I've got to use the pitch to their advantage. I've thought Steve Owen has he's been pretty critical of the pitch already. He hasn't even seen it yet. So, uh, from that, it, it is a free hit. But I think maybe the level that Peterborough are up, you know, higher end of League One, um, knocking on the door for promotion to League Two with uh, to the Championship with Steve Evans could be too much of a gap there. But maybe if Bromley can get a draw and get down to uh, back to Peterborough, they've got a chance. Because I think people struggled last week against Woking in the second corner as a second round so why not but it's a free hit for Bromley but yeah why that's not on the telly I, I, I am absolutely amazed so uh, but I'm sure um, Hayes will be rocking this weekend and fingers crossed Bromley can get through and he briefly mentioned Woking's Cup exploits last year they beat Berry, and uh, your man in the Effion was, was a, a, a trouble for Berry that day so I suppose he'll be going up there thinking well I've got nothing to lose here yeah I, again it, it, it's um, David we missing reason Taylor um, players like that, so it's not going to be um, the, the main eleven. I would say who would probably be in the side if they were playing a league game. But yeah, nothing to lose. Barry are quite good. though. Neil Dan's um, main goal scores at a level having a decent season. So um, also Mitch Walker, of course, he could have he turned down Barry to sign another year at Davis. So maybe he's got something to prove. But yeah, the only thing is thirty six thousand pounds is a lot of money. And if David get a draw, Barry, it's going to be tough. Because uh, maybe the players coming in won't be as good as the players that are cup tied. So, but yeah, well, of course, you, you know, if I'm not too bothered about the FA Cup now, but if we beat Berry, then you're thinking, oh, I like the FA Cup because then you're one game away from uh, Man United away, so it adds a bit of excitement. I think uh, if you lose in the first round, you're not that bothered really, but if you lose in the second round, that's when it hits you hard. But I'm I'm putting my neck on the line here, John. I would say that Maidstone and Absolutely, Maidstone definitely going through. Absolutely, I think we'll get at least a draw. They will be on the hat on Monday. And just think about that thirty-six thousand pounds that could come into Dover could pay your uh, reported transfer targets for all of seven weeks or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, alleged transfer targets that we're talking about. Yes, yes. Indeed, in the National League South, Welling a second after a one-one draw against Wealdstone in a game that to kick off early due to floodlight issues. Um, while Dartford are four points behind them, but nine places further back after their two-one win at Gloucester City. Um, it feels, Matt, that we should be watching this division very closely again. I remember last year it was such a tight race, and this year it's even tighter. And this year, I think that the teams at the very top are, are involved as well. Yeah, it's 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 a really tight division, isn't it? Um, good, well. Wilson on a bad side. Willing showed a bit of character. Danny Mills in the last minute goal. Also, I think they're 1-0 down. I think they're um, Chippenham. Was it Chippenham they played? Was it Evesham. Evesham. They played Gloucester at Evesham. Yeah, yeah, so that's, that's a decent... Yeah, tight up there. 15 games. They're only four points off um, second place. In the playoffs, very, very tight division. I think everybody down to about 17 to 18 place could be um, looking in that. It seems like Dulwich coming back. Concord, yeah, very, very tight division. But Dartford needs to show a bit more consistency. But it's back to back wins they had there. That will please them. But again, scoring goals has been a problem for them. At all the sides in the top half of the table, they're the lowest goal scorers. And you can see that's probably why. But speaking to a Dartford fan, I think they've lost about 35 players this season. So you can see what the management are trying to do, trying to work it, trying to get that mix together. But good couple of results for them. They're in action this weekend, aren't they? 
No, they're not. Neither of our teams are actually playing on Saturday, but Dartford are back in action on Tuesday night when they host Oxford City. So, you know, it's interesting what you say there about Dartford and, and how they're struggling for goals because last year they didn't have many problems scoring goals at all. Right. So they lost Andy Pugh to injury. Alfie Pavey's moved on. They've had a few sort of chopping and changing. And I guess, as you say, they've used a, a large number of players. It's just finding that right formula and being able to stick with it for Jamie Coyle and Adam Flanagan. Yeah, Charlie Sheringham has been there and I was speaking to the guy I work with and he said that, you know, he's not the player he was when they had him at his peak, um, but, he, you know, he's an experienced player and that's what maybe they need to do in. Delano Samuel really hasn't worked out for them. Jamie Philpott, I know you like, um, scored a few goals this season, but maybe it's getting a run in the side. It must be difficult when they're constantly changing the side, players coming in and going, a lot of lone players they've had as well. But yeah, I suppose 15 games, 24 points, they're on the right path, Dartford and Maybe they're a little bit lucky. Nobody's running away with this division, so they can still um, stay on the coattails of the, of the playoff sides. Yeah, let's move on now to the Bostic League, and we'll start with our interview with Keith McMahon. Uh, VCD have had a good start to the season, and Saturday they were 7-1 winners at Herm Bay. And that meant that Matt was able to catch up with their manager, Keith McMahon, to discuss that win, dressing rooms, other clubs, and much more decide- besides. Yeah, delighted to have uh, Keith McMahon, the uh, VCD manager, uh, on the phone. Keith, uh, a good weekend for you, really. Talk us through a 7-1 away win. Yeah, really good, Matt, to be honest. Um, nearly a complete performance for us. Um, it's been coming over recent weeks. Our performances have been really, really good. Um, we knew that we'd, we'd go down to Herne Bay and have a difficult game. Um, but we uh, sort of went down and, and some of the football we played was, was outstanding. And, um, you know, we've got a, a top centre forward and uh, we created a lot of chances in the first half hour and, and ended up sort of being 4 new up so um, no we, if I'm honest the, the scoreline could have been a few more as well with the, the chances we created all the game You mentioned it there do you think a side was due a, a, a shooing from you think the way you've been playing? Yeah well, it was you know, our performances over the last two months really have been has been excellent we've got a very young side um, apart from obviously Charlie and um, um, one other and um, we, we're just getting better every week and, and some of the, the, the chances we create um, we just need to take but um, yeah no it, it, it was on the cards and sometimes you know as a manager it's going to happen but um, you don't normally get a score like that but um, yeah no I think things are going well and it's just it was just a great performance from us Yeah talking about uh, Charlie McDonald will be 38 in his next birthday in February you know four goals in the opening 40 minutes from there apart from his goal scoring what else does he bring to the club because you know he's a very experienced oh. player Oh, he's been excellent. Like I said, we've we've got six under nineteens in our side, and um, just the way he conducts himself in in the changing room, in training before games, is, is excellent. Um, his professionalism is, is second to none. He, he's you know he goes about his business. He's got some of the youngsters doing what he does, and you can see why he's prolonged his career for so long. He's, he's very very fit as well, um, and just great to have around. He's, he's you know he leads our line well. He's our captain as well, but. His experience and you know his goal scoring won't stop. It doesn't matter what age he is, but he, what he brings to the side has been has been phenomenal, really. You mentioned the uh, youngsters there, under nineteen. You're not afraid to throw players in at that level because you know certain managers, you know, look at the youngsters and think, well, maybe they're not physical enough. But you think you've got the quality there that can definitely compete at this level. Yeah, we have. That you know, they're going to make some mistakes. We're going to have a performance here and there where you know it's going to cost us. But I've I've never had a problem doing that. You know, I've brought through a hell of a lot of youngsters. You know, and it, it, it's Lee Dawson's who's now at Ashford, and we you know we've got people like uh, Jack Hopkins who's at things. You know, I brought these lads through down with sixteen, seventeen, and, I, and there's loads more. Um, I think if they're good enough, you give them a go, and um, if you get the right balance mixed around with them, 
um, they will work for you. They've got no fear, but you know we've got young young Courtney Barrington who's eighteen, and, and uh, we you know we've got Temi uh, Iwaku who's nineteen. Uh, I can I can keep going through. Eamon uh, Elabel nineteen. Um, young Dominic Chow's um, eighteen. All, all these lads are just you know they're they're getting the wealth of experience playing with with Charlie and, and we've got people like Junior Baker and obviously Ali Fasini. Um, who've played a great level as well and they've got no fear and all they're doing is just just you know getting better and better every week and, and we're just letting them play but uh, you know when you've got youngsters like that that's got fresh legs as well it's, it's, it's really good to see Junior Baker I remember when Craig Wan was I really rated him left-sided defender he still goes strong there but he's a cracking player great edge that he used to have yeah, no, Junior's good. He, to be fair, he was out the side on, on Saturday because he, he, he was away uh, at work the week before and obviously someone come in. But, yeah, no, Junior, Junior's a good lad. And like I said, think, things are just uh, are just settling quite well for us. We've got a good team spirit. And, um, you know, it's just we, we're just letting... It's, it's quite easy managing when, when, you, when you're winning and things like that. You just let them get on with it and, you know, just keep encouraging them, really. Yeah, what are the expectations? You're fourth in the league. Cray are still quite a, a way clear at the top. There's some big sides at the top. Hive, Hastings... Yourself and Cray, what are the expectations this year? Yeah, I, I, I said we've got a spot to get in the playoffs. Um, I think it's very open. Obviously, Cray's had a great start as well. Um, they've got a great game on, on Sunday against Hastings, who I think are the best side that we've played so far this year when we played them at the Cup. Um, so I think, you know, the rest of the places are up for grabs. Um, I just think if we keep going, we're going to have the odd, you know, funny result with the youngsters. But if we keep going, you know, I, I can't see a reason why we can't stay where we are. Um, but it's obviously we know we're only a, a quarter of the way of the season, so we're not getting carried away. I think we need to look at Christmas time, see where we are. But if we can keep everyone uh, fit and doing what we're doing, then, then then I think on a day we can beat anyone. We've got Faversham at home on Saturday. Well, they're they're delayed. Well, they're trying to appoint a new manager. I think the uh, the applications are due in this week. Uh, do you expect Faversham to have a new manager? Were you surprised that Ray Turner left the club? Yeah, I was massively surprised. I know Ray well. He's a, he's a lovely fella. And, um, you know, I spoke to him on the day and, and wished him all the best. He's, he's done remarkable at, at Faversham. I knew it, it meant a lot to him at the club as well. Um, I know quite a few people down there with Clive Walker and Wendy as well. And uh, they're in great hands with Clive. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't employ someone before Saturday. I think they'll take their time. I think they've done the right thing. Um, you know, Faversham's a big club with big following. Um, so I think they need to get the right person in, which is difficult to follow someone of Ray's calibre. Um, but obviously they've got a great person with Clive in, in temporary charge who knows the players, knows everyone really well at the club. So um, I think that they will get someone that will work with Clive as well. I think that's important. Um, so uh, I'm expecting Clive to be in, 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 in charge on, on, on Saturday and they'll be strong there on the back of a good result as well. Um, themselves are not in a bad position. They've got some good players. I'm expecting a tough game, but I'm just, you know, I'm just going to say to the lads, carry on playing like we have done over the last few months. I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Also, in the, in the wider non-league circle, there's been a bit about dressing rooms this week, with certain clubs yeah. having issues with the, if they're not being the right size, you get demoted. What's, what's the facilities like at your place? I've been to. Um, no, facility. no we, had to, we had to change ours in the summer. This 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 this, this coming two years ago. Mm. Um, you know, clubs knew about it. Um, and to be fair, I've seen it's 18 metres square metres. We were told it's 21. Right. So I think there is a guideline that it needs to be. No, if they're not done, then, then I agree with it. Um, it. It isn't a sudden thing. This was told. Every club knew this two years ago. So uh, we changed ours in the summer. Um, so our way of changing room, we had to change it from a... It was only a square metre we had to put in there, but we've done it. And I think that, that's right. Some of the changing rooms are too small, some of the, the places we go to. So some of these clubs who sort of... Um 
putting their arms up about this that you say they've known for a while and maybe just didn't think it would come aboard well they, like I said they knew two years ago um, <laughs> it shouldn't come as a surprise um, it's easy saying oh I didn't know but, but you know it's, it's every single club knew two years ago so I can't see what, what people are moaning about so I think if they don't get them done and, and we've mentioned it every, you know I've even spoke to clubs when we've been there and said oh what are you doing about your changing rooms um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think they've got much to complain about. Also, well, it's covered it close to your house, the, the demise of Thames Mead. Have you got any comment about that? Well, I think people have seen my comments and, and listened to me over the last two weeks. Um, and I'm absolutely gutted for, uh, you know, the, the, the people there, Albert Pantin and, and Pete, uh, you know, Peter Tini, God rest his soul, and, and Adam Martin. Um, Terry Hill, Dave Joy is with me now. Um, the people that have spent a lot of time all over you know, people over the club. I feel really sorry for, as, as I do for Tommy Warrenow and the players that obviously uh, were at Thamesmead. Um, it's a great shame for a club, one that's been so close to half for years, to, to go that way. Um, obviously, everyone knows my feelings about the Ramsgate thing, so I, I'll leave that there. But, you know, as, as a club itself, it's just a great shame that a club of that of that calibre has, has obviously um, has gone down the pan. Is it part of your heart breaks a little bit, all the hard work you did? Massively, massively. I won't lie. Everyone knows that. Um, you know that that will always be with me. But I, 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 as, as other people have said, I've got some great memories of, of the club, and and that can never change. And um, you know, but it's always a shame to see something like that happen, and it's something that should never have happened either. So there's a lot of people that um, got to look at themselves. I think um, you know I've mentioned the, the trust before. You know, and I think that that's the demise of the club was that. Yeah, right. Well, well, I appreciate your honesty there. Good luck for the rest of the season coming on. And, uh, you know, if, if you can get what Charlie McDonald's on, if you can pass it to me, that would be good. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people would like that, mate. But he's, uh, like I said, it's just, just the way he conducts himself. If a lot of people, a lot of youngsters see what he does and follow him, I think they would prolong their careers a lot longer. Um, obviously, a, a debut for Keith McMahon on the uh, Kenton League podcast, but he does a lot of uh, podcast work uh, with the Ishmael League as well, doesn't he? And, and, he? and he spoke very well, I thought, there, Matt. Yeah, he was um, very chipper after the result they, they had from that. Um, very passionate man. Um, I think it was a... I have had problems this season, but, you know, Charlie McDonald, Ali Fassini, really experienced players. I think he, he thinks he's got a decent squad there. Um, and he's just getting that consistency up from that point of view. So, um, game that you only think about, they've only played 12 games already this season, so a long way to go. But, uh, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed talking to Keith and uh, BCD... Uh, sorry, uh, um, he's a side I think who can um, uh, go places in fact 11 games are played this season so still a long way to go so uh, getting that consistency and again what I liked about it is as I mentioned the youngsters coming through very easy to you know that's level to not, not blood the youngsters but he's keen to do that and maybe can, we can see players going on from higher levels uh, from the club that's the recipe for success at this level for, for me with, with a club, especially with a club like VCD is to have a couple of experienced players in there and then blood the youngsters around them. And, and by the sounds of it, from what Keith said to you there, he's got that on the money there. Yeah, I think Charlie McDonald is a, a good old pro and he's working with the youngsters as well. And, I, you know, at that level, you, you can probably, you know, a high level goes up, maybe the physicality of the game and the speed of the game, maybe that. But this is a good level if you're a youngster coming through. 18, 19, learning a trade, learning a chart off. Players like Fuzzini and Charlie McDonald. And also getting an extra experience in this division because it can only help you in the game forward. And if, if you've got a bit of talent, there will be sides from Kent and SXL in the uh, higher leagues trying to pick you up. So, yeah, oh, so far, so good. But my home bank, view, 
what, nine games, lost all five at home, John. It's been a really disappointing season so far. It has been a really, really disappointing start for Herne Bay. I mean, that, that, as I was, gonna, I was actually going to bring up that home record where they've lost all their home games in the league so far. And a 7-1 defeat at home is, is, is never something that looks particularly good, is it? No, no. I think there are problems with um, certain players leaving. I think they were a young side last year, and I think we said on the pod that maybe that, that year last season could do them some uh, good, but just not working out at the moment. I don't know if um, John Embry and Jermaine Darlington can turn that around. I'm sure they probably can, but, you know, it's just they're in a bit of a rut at the moment. You know, they would be at the bottom of the table, really, look at it, because Thames moved gone. So, again, they've only played nine league games. It's a long way to go yet, but it's just really disappointing. Um, for, from that point of view, I presume the league table I'm looking at as well, they haven't expunged Thamesmead's record yet. No. Certain teams will lose, well, Thamesmead lost five and won two, so there'll be some sides there will be losing points. So eventually the uh, Ryman League needs to sort that out so we can need to low with the league tables, right? otherwise it'll come chaos come the end of the season. But another side there, Table High, doing well. And we're still waiting on the Faversham manager as well. He mentioned in the incident, uh, Faversham, maybe probably going to be interviewing in the last couple of days. Interesting to see who the next Faversham manager will be. It is, and obviously we, as you also mentioned in that interview with Keith as well, it may not actually matter where you finish in the league if your dressing rooms aren't big enough, and that's caused a bit of a consternation that one about about the dressing rooms. But as Keith says, there the Cubs have known the rules; they know that they know that they've got to have the dressing rooms that size. So you've got to deal with it, haven't you? And is it unreasonable to have a dressing room that's eighteen meters squared? Uh, well, I think there's. The rules are there for the place. It, it seems to be a media campaign that, you know, bigger media than us have popped onto this. But again, I think, as he said, as Keith said straight away, these clubs have known this for a certain amount of time. And when he said to certain clubs, what are you going to do about your dressing room? And somebody looking at them uh, vaguely, maybe these clubs thought, you know, because it will be a, a financial burden for them. But all the FA will forget about it. But I'm sure this is a story that will rumble on and on um, from that point of view for some of these clubs. And I'm sure we will see some clubs relegated and there will be a a fury about that, but he said their key clubs have known this for a long time, so they needed to get it in order. I suppose that the good thing will be any time we speak now to a Bosset League manager, we'll have to say, how big's your dressing rooms? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've been in a few dressing rooms, and again, it's just like when you're at school, isn't it? It's like when you used to get changed for games, and they're the sort of size of the dressing room. You know, it's not Wembley Stadium, you don't have to have a little box for everybody, but everybody's there. And also, what I think about is the home dressing room should be as big as you want. You can make this, as long as you can fit 16 players, people in the wages uh, room, that should be the sort of thing. And it gives you a team an advantage if you've uh, got a small adjustment. room. But rules are rules. There's probably health and safety involved in this, isn't there, somewhere down the line? I can't imagine how much you loved the crazy gang back in the day. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. You know, I, uh, I do old school. I wouldn't be very good in the crazy gang, but up and out in football, John, that's me. Get everything. I'd put these showers on Carl for the opposition, no problem at all. Put salt instead of sugar in their tea. That's what it's all about for me. Excellent. Um, yeah, that win <laughs> on, on that win for VCD leaves them fifth in the league, but they're actually fourth of the Kent clubs in the Bossett League South East Division. Uh, leaders Cray Wanderers needed an 89th minute goal from Ben Mondele to see off 10-man Hayward Teeth Town. While Hyde in third beat Citymore 3-2. Phoenix are fourth and they drew 1-1 with Ramsgate. Elsewhere, Faversham beat Guernsey 2-1 and Sevenoaks Town were 1-0 winners at Greenwich Borough thanks to a late own goal. Uh, but Ashford lost 3-2 at home to Horsham and Whitsmore lost 2-0 at home to Whiteleaf. Uh, this weekend, Ashford go to East Grinstead. It's Ramsgate against Hythe. Sevenoaks take on Phoenix. Seven, uh, Sittingbourne host Whitstable. And as we've already heard, VCD host Faversham. And on Sunday, it's first against second as Cray host Hastings United. 
Hastings have got a quick turnaround as they host Herne Bay on Tuesday when Gary Alexander also takes his Ashford side to his former club, Greenwich Borough. Um, so some big games there. And, and as Keith McMahon said, that Cray against Hastings game Saturday is going to be an absolute, Sunday, sorry, is going to be an absolute cracker. Yeah, I think, um, again, Craig, we saw last season, sort of, I know pretty much where they were this time last year. It all went wrong after that. They've got some rights to put, you know, wrongs to put right. That's a big game in there. They want to go against um, Hastings, put down a marker, because they could be, you know, 10 points clear, 12 points clear if they do that. And that really gives them a decent position. Yeah, it's also the FA Trophy second qualifying round on Saturday. I've got absolutely no idea why it's on the same weekend as the FA Cup, but there you go. Uh, Kent involvement comes from one of our Bostick South East teams, Herne Bay, who are home to Needham Market, while Tunbridge Angels travel to Dorking Wanderers and Folkestone host Didcot Town. Um, that Dorking so, 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 so many sides, uh, I suppose like Harringay, they could be in the trophy, but they're in the FA Cup as well. I know, it's, it's, it, it's nonsensical from the FA, this one, isn't it? Yeah, it always used to be that it used to be the FA Cup when you get to this thing, then the trophy last week. There must be other weeks to do it, but it just doesn't seem to be that much of planning going on, I have to say. So, um, yeah, it does seem pretty nonsensical, yeah. But, but a big game for Herne Bay against Needham Market. Bit of a tough one there, a bit of a trek for Needham Market, but Herne Bay needs to put down a, a marker in that, really. Yeah, and that Dorking tie is pretty much as tough as it gets for Tummage Angels, as it is the Surrey side who are now top of the Bossett League Premier Division on goal difference from Angels. Angels beat Whitehawk on Saturday and then drew 1-1 at Kingstonian on Wednesday night. But that wasn't enough to take them back to the top. Elsewhere on Saturday, folks in the Margate both lost 3-2 in Victor at Worthing and Gate at home to struggle in Burgess Hill Town. Uh, Margate travelled to face Leatherhead in the league on Saturday. Angels in trouble to Harringay on Monday. And on Wednesday night, Margate are away to Merston. Um, that league, obviously, talking Wanderers, they've got Jason Pryor. It never worked out for him at Margate, but he's scoring goals for fun. And, and they're a team to watch in their new stadium, aren't they? Yeah, I, th- I didn't realise they'd gone top of the table. Yeah, I think they're at uh, 3G pitch. Um, yeah, Jason Pryor, they seem to have thrown a bit of money at Ken- uh, the Sorry FA are living there, or working there, sorry. So, yeah, that is a big game. That was the, I think the first goal Angels had conceded away from home. That's a decent draw against... Uh, Kingstonian, but that's a real mark now. Both sides will be going never uh, at it against Dorking and against Tunbridge. Both sides want to put a marker down for the league. Yeah, but see, Worthing is still three games in hand. They've still got sorry, so quite tight there. Angels have a bit of a lead, but it's been uh, whittled back. So um, they need to get back on the horse. But I think Kingstonian that was a good draw for them. And I mentioned there, I know, shout out there, the Nicky Ball Derby, isn't it? Leatherhead what? against Margate. Indeed, it'll be interesting to see how that one pans out. I mean, the Margate fans aren't particularly uh, overjoyed with their loss at the moment anyway. But yeah, that's a, an interesting one. And seeing their, their former manager come up against them may may surprise them, I guess. Yeah, I don't know where the Margate fans stand with Nicky Boy. He's a top bloke. And when I've seen him around Aldershot a couple of times, he always has a little bit of a chat. So uh, I think he's got stories to tell from his days at Margate that... Um, well, we think we've led before well, the issues were there so I'm sure he'll get a good reception I think a few Margate fans are going now I don't know if they're going to abuse him or uh, cheer him so it'll be interesting to see but Margate could do with a win you know 2 them up against the bottom side and losing 3-2 they're not the happiest bunch of supporters and that really put them into doom gloom didn't they? Indeed. Uh, for many of our Southern Counties East League teams, the FA Vars was the object on Saturday and it was a mixed set of results so into the next round are Irith Town 3-0 winners at Kensington Borough Sheppard United, who beat Spellthorn Sports 2-1. Cray Valley won 7-0 at Badshot Lee. And uh, Canterbury won a thriller at Corinthian 4-2 after extra time. And Beersted beat Newhaven 1-0. Uh, but it was the end of the line for Lordswood, who were thumped 5-0 at Abbey Rangers. And Chatham Town, who lost uh, 1-0 to Southall. 
And we should also mention fellas, fellow scaffold side, AFC Croydon Athletic, who somehow managed to go out at home to AFC Uckfield Town, despite their visitors from Sussex having four players sent off. Uh, I've never heard anything oh, like it, oh, man. What was this? What was on? Say that again. Uh, AFC Uckfield yeah. beat Croydon, AFC Croydon Athletic, yeah. despite having four players sent off. That's impressive. Finished That's with seven impressive. men. Not, they're not having the great season, course, no, they, to be honest. So, um, well, it's a, well, well, that is a shocker, isn't it? Four down, a, I know they all sent off. Well, that sounds a cracking game. I've never, I think I've seen two players sent off on the one side. I don't think I've ever seen three, let alone four. So, um, yeah, disappointing for um, Freud, and I have to say on that point of view. But um, I need to look at, I need to, after this podcast, I need to look, read up about that. That sounds absolutely fascinated. Indeed. The draw for the last 64 is guaranteed one scaffold side will go through as Sheppey will meet Cray Valley. Uh, Canterbury host Chatham's Conquerors Southall. Irith Town host Windsor who beat them in this competition last year and Beersted host Staining Town Community who, back in the first qualifying round, beat Kent Football United. Um, those ties are to be played on December the 1st when Matt will no doubt be opening a Haribo advent calendar or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's coming around fast now. But I've got, we've, um, Got some power outside the house now, so I'm gonna, you know, so I want to put one of those, I put one of those flashy light things. So um, I'm not really, yeah. So I'm not really. So that's basically what I'm doing. The first of December is putting up my flashy light, so you can press buttons and little shapes and go. So yeah, but I probably will get a Harry Bow. I'm plenty Harry Bowed up from Halloween, to be honest. I've got plenty in the drawer. So if you see that's anyone in broad says flashing on December the first, don't be alarmed. <laughs> well, my electricity bills want to go through the roof, so maybe I'll stop it if I do that. But yeah. That, of excitement that will be down the road. Oh, fantastic. Um, in the scaffold itself, Beckenham's lead is three points over Fisher, with Cray Valley two points further back with three games in hand. Corinthian, Chatham and Sheppey United are also well placed with games in hand on the top two, and eight points separate third and 13th in that table. And Cray Valley, having scored seven in the Vars on Sunday, put nine past Rustle in the league on Tuesday, on Wednesday night. Well, Saturday's four league games saw Fisher beat Hollands and Blair 1-0, Glebe win 3-0 at K-Sports, Beckenham were 2-0 winners at Rustall. And there was the rarest of rare things in the scaffold. A nil-nil draw as Punjab and Deal played out a stalemate. Um, Cray Valley, I mean, they're, they're a long way into, into London, but you've got to talk about their scoring this week. 16 goals in two games. Very good, that. Yeah. yeah I, I don't really know much. Cray Valley paper mills, isn't it? So they've always been a sort of a Kent Lee scaffold sort of side. Knocking on the door of promotion now. I don't know if they can... Um, go from there. John, Joe and Gesson, player names, they've scored goals. Amazingly scored nine and four players got two. So, in that game, in front of 72 against Rustle, but nine one, 16 goals in two games. The team in form, Rustle having a bit of a disappointing uh, show of it, but yeah, better place to them. So, when, again, they have that. And even Kevin Lisby, the legend that is Kevin Lisby, didn't score. I don't know if he was playing. He got Atrick on them. Um, and they've also got Callum Willock playing for them. They've got some firepower. Great Valley paper mill, so I don't know if um is the paper mill still go? I don't know. If it is, the the, the price of paper must be going away. Callum Willock, Kevin Lisby, they've got firepower, and you've seen sixteen goals in two games. Interesting stuff. Indeed. In Division 1 of the Scaffold, well in town is still well clear at the top and unbeaten after a 3 0 win at Homesdale. The other results over the weekend with Brighton Ropes 2, Phoenix Sports Reserves 1, Kent Football United 1, Lidtown 3, uh, Lewisham Borough 1, Kennington 2, Rochester United 3, FC Elmstead 1, Snodden Town 0, Forest Hill 3, 
SC Thamesmead 6, Greenways 2 and Sutton Athletic 3, Meridian VP 0. Uh, full programme in both those leagues on Saturday. And the standout game is probably Chatham against Sheppey United, I would say, um, as those two teams look to close the gap at the top. Uh, the full fixtures for both those divisions are on the Southern County Seek website as per usual. Um, that is pretty much it for this week's podcast. Um, I hope it's been more up to the sort of standard that everybody expects from us, Matt. Yeah, I think, yeah, last week it was a bit of a rush with your um, taking over the, the guest house and various life changes. But um, yeah, yeah, we were pretty poor last week, so I do apologise about that. But we'll get back on the horse, so to speak, uh, this week. And hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully we'll have some uh, FA Cup excitement to talk about next week. Indeed, yes. So all that remains to say is, of course, we are on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. Um, we are on Facebook at Kent Non League. And you can drop us a line, drop us an email, johnphipps81 at outlook.com. Follow us on Twitter as well, personally, um, at johnphipps81 is me and my co-host is at Matthew underscore Gerard. And of course, if you are looking for a B&B in Eastbourne, please do uh, get in touch with me because uh, I'm sure I can sort you out. Um, but yeah, thanks to Keith McMahon for giving up his time. Thanks to Matt for sorting out that interview. And most importantly, thanks to all of you for listening. And we will speak to you all next week. Apparently, Heist doesn't have 57 varieties. <laughs>